This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of February 6, 2021. Boulevard Brewing seems to be having a bit of a problem with systemic sexism. What's Uber's next thing? Uber drinks? Kieran, a little late to the distance yourself from genocide party, but hey, we're just glad you're here at all. And this week in rum heists? You mean it isn't always wine? All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, a show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and we've got a few stories, so let's get right down into them. <laughs> We're going to kick it off with uh, visiting uh, our, our good friends. I'm not going to say good friends. Yeah, um, let's, let's, let's not say good friends. We, did, we had one of their beers for... No, we did one of their packs for an old video. One of their beers may have, may have been like an Oktoberfest winner. Oh, was it? No. Was it Boulevard? I don't remember. It, anyway, Boulevard, it, was, it was in the top anyway. <laughs> Boulevard Brewing Company uh, finds themselves in a little bit of a situation. This is about a week old, but hey, give us credit here. Over the weekend, Kansas City found itself in the national spotlight via a viral Reddit post. The author, a former, former female employee of Boulevard Brewing Company, accused the company of multiple instances of blatant sexism and harassment. She provided a detailed account of situations involving herself and other women. Uh, in the employee of the local brewery and shared her experience with having human resources and management ignore or diminish uh, the claims of herself and other employees. When the world thinks about Kansas City behind barbecue and our sports, uh, blah, 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 blah. That's just a bunch of random stuff. Uh, (laughs) It's fine. Instead, Boulevard stumbled through a series of reactions that have only drawn greater public ire and have even emboldened the workforce to consider taking their own immediate action against the company. Uh, for the Kansas City staple, this is a problem, one that requires immediate attention and hopefully a productive solution. Uh, well, what what ended up happening might be productive. I don't know. Okay, maybe, so maybe the, people took to the streets. They did. So the the initial accusations, because if if you weren't keeping up with this, you're going the hell are you talking about. So in a Reddit post made over the weekend, one ex-employee described the harassment and hostility she faced while working at Boulevard Brewing Company. Her bad experiences culminated when, upon suspicion that she uh, and another woman were pregnant, the boss stood them up in the lab in front of other co-workers and demanded to know if they were pregnant. The employee said the boss uh, discounted the other woman, saying the only way you would be pregnant is by your cat but continued to demand answers from her. After reporting the incident to HR, the employee said it was it started a cycle of reporting the boss's bad behavior and then being punished by him for reporting it. Despite his hostility being well-known, the employee was still asked to come up with her own solutions to fix his behavior and then said she was called antisocial 
for acting on those solutions. It was made clear that I was the problem for not handling it better, the employee said. Uh, they had asked me in my interview if I could handle working with men, so it was my problem. Wow. I, the... These were not the only incidents, the ex-employee said in her post. She detailed a male employee that harassed women at the company after he was initially chastised. He apologized and then continued to harass the same women, trying to give them notes or gifts, following them to their cars, and sending them multiple emails. However, nothing was done. When one of the victims quit because of the harassment, HR told her they did everything they could. The man was later allowed to retire early, and the company threw him a party. The man reportedly still attends events at the brewery and claims of his harassment continue among the Boulevard community. Oh. Wow. The ex-employee continued detailing Boulevard's maltreatment towards women in the company, including discriminatory hiring practices. She wrote that she knew of multiple female candidates with years of experience that were not hired because the boss thought that women were lazy. Instead of hiring an experienced female candidate, the boss hired a man with no experience to be an intern, and then quickly promoted him to a similar position. Wow. As has been the case in recent months, this public social media post opened the gates for an avalanche of similar statements and accusations from members of the community reminiscent of recent calls for accountability from Alamo Drafthouse and Betty Ray's Ice Cream, other places there in town. Another ex-Boulevard employee responded on the thread sharing, uh, sharing that she also experienced this kind of discrimination in the workplace. She was asked in the interview if she planned to have kids and if she knew when she planned to. There were many more uh, comments of ex-employees corroborating the original poster's claims of harassment and hostility in the workplace. Fun. Oh, God. First response from Boulevard. Boulevard's response to the matter just amplified the fact that they don't take these issues seriously. In their statement, the company stated that the situation was thoroughly and impartially examined last year when the ex-employee made her complaints. The company uh, committed to creating a task force headed by female leaders of the company to reinvestigate the allegations and empower the women at Boulevard. I While this don't could know if there are any female <laughs> leaders from the sound of it. While yeah. this could potentially right some wrongs at the company, the task force being formed only after the ex-employee went public shows how uh, to what degree this issue was priority. They didn't care about it till it was public. Admitting right. that the company could have handled the situation better and with more sensitivity, but not owning up to the harassment shows that the ex-employee was right when she said that uh, any issue at the company were blamed on the person who reported them. The follow-up PR statements... Uh, Natalia Gershon, uh, VP Marketing at Boulevard Brewing Company, returned our request for comment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you have any firm processes that will be enacted to protect female employees? We are focused on ensuring that the feedback offered by our team, as is from uh, the pitch, KC, Kansas City, uh, feedback offered by our team is heard and that any allegations of harassment or discrimination is investigated and acted upon today. We convened the beginning of our task force, headed by several female leaders, to create a structure for broader meetings throughout the week. We are working hard to ensure that any employee can come to the table with concerns. But you see where this is going. Uh, yeah. Have you have you changed any internal processes? Please give an example or definitive things that will be changing. We are developing a platform for immediate anonymous reporting. In addition, we are working on a change in the leadership structure to ensure that HR has the autonomy needed to conduct uh, thorough and partial investigations. 
Uh, do you have any further comment beyond PR statements released? We know there is work to do here. There is work to do across our industry. Boulevard as a company cannot fall in line with the industry standards. We need to be leaders. We need to drive that change and blah, 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 blah. Communal response. Those allegations are just one more example of many that show how toxic brewing culture can be. While there are plenty of highly qualified women in brewing, many in the industry still treat their job uh, as a boys club, leading to intolerable conditions for female employees. Uh, they go on about their like 500 comments, a bunch of people jumping in saying, yep, that's exactly what happened to me. Uh, the internal response. <laughs> so while Monday morning brought the pitch uh, contacts from uh, a limited number of people directly involved with the original statement, by the time the public response had landed, our inbox was flooded with current employees that wanted to make us aware of how disgruntled they had become with the community facing uh, positions of their own, of their employer. So much so that we are still trying to work through the remaining <laughs> interviews and will update with further details. Which there are a number of updates. Yeah, the, the whole top of this is just like, update, update, update. Corroborated stories among the staff included detailed accounts of uh, minimal and or non-existent HR department who bent to upper management and protecting Boulevard at every opportunity. Honestly, that's been my experience at every company. HR isn't there to uh, help you as the employee. They're there to uh, help the company. Yeah. <laughs> this aligned with the glimpse uh, at a longtime boys club culture wherein even those who worked up the courage to report issues felt sure they would not be taken seriously and many more simply remained silent out of fear of being blackballed by the community and the KC beer community at large. Uh, so, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Um uh, it goes on saying the bigger picture. Blah, 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 blah. There are more statements here, so I can't go on to this. We've spent too much. The <laughs> just the okay. Here's the post that ended up on Reddit that when I was like, "Holy crap!" There's more and more of this. So the employees got together and put a post on Reddit about what had been done. Today we returned power to the people after years of begrudgingly trudging through a toxic culture and harmful work environment created and cultivated by certain members of our executive team. We finally have had enough. We are the ones who are making this brewery run, and we have become tired of being overruled, bullied, ignored, and utterly misrepresented by inept and insensitive leaders. Their lack of accountability and awful missteps this week were the last straw, so today we raise our voices, and our voices were heard. Through our efforts, former President Jeff Crum has stepped down from the company and no longer Will our brewery be clouded and characterized by his indifference, ego, pride, and lack of humanity? <laughs> we can find and desperately deserve a leader who actually represents our values and acts on them. Our additional desire for the removal of Vice President of Marketing, uh, Natalia Gershon, who released the company's <laughs> response statement, mm -hmm. was also fulfilled. Uh <laughs> Her condescension, stifling of employee voices, and constant protection and uh, parroting of Jeff's harmful commentary had significantly contributed to the brewery's hostile environment. No more. The reputation of Boulevard has been severely tarnished, and our inner workings are now in a state of repair. But with these two root sources uh, and guardians of toxicity, our problematic behavior gone, it will be a much easier process building ourselves back up 
Going forward, we as a collective will insist on and accept nothing less than maintaining a brewery culture where employees are heard, misconduct is not tolerated or brushed aside, and we return to operating in the best interest of all Boulevardians, not just those at the top of the food chain. These The people have spoken, and we promise to stay loud when it comes to doing what's right. We're taking our brewery back. I'm not sure if I want to go with a Viva la Revolucion or... Uh, <laughs> Uh, or, you know, something from, like, you know, the Communist Manifesto. Just like, (laughs) all the collective things, like, yes, no, we will take the hammer and sickle, and we will build a new... Oh, oh, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) So, apparently, uh, one of the original founders has stepped back in the interim to take the president's spot just until a new person is found, but apparently there are a few... uh, vacancies and top executives now because yeah, they yeah Boulevard. their cfo is also gone it looks like yeah uh, crap hit the fan so the, I, I have to imagine the collective found uh found a lawyer who was like mm-hmm, yeah no this this sounds like some class actions we can have here so yeah i didn't i really don't want to keep getting into stories like this because we got into founders way too much when that happened and this is, yes, this is a problem. The whole industry is needs to deal with these problems. But this is great that Boulevard, like the the people in the company were able to do something about it. They were yeah. finally able to go, we've seen this, we're sick of it. And it seems that things have changed, hopefully. I mean, um, at the very least, like it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear that they stood up, they, they, you know, worked on change and change actually happened <laughs> yeah i mean we don't know the full extent of like what's still going as, on necessarily uh, but as justin said it's really hard not to get like <laughs> communist manifesto with it like grab your hammer and sickle with the power of the people yeah. uh look these these people seize the means of production they <laughs> hold the power now by the way the, the moment when I fell in love with the movie uh, Hell Caesar is when I heard a bunch of uh, Hollywood writers say, we must get the means of production. It hasn't been revealed they're communist yet. And I go, spoilers for a five, six-year-old movie, by the way. Uh, and I went, and I just went, oh, God, they're all, this is the best movie of all time. <laughs> if I hear seize the means of production any time, I go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see what's going on here. <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, let, let's uh, lighten the mood. I don't know. Uh, speaking of speaking of change, some money has changed hands. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. And the speaking of the means of production, uh, no, this is the opposite of that. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So uh, Uber in the news. Uber has been just like all over the place lately because you know pandemic. Uh, Uber to buy alcohol delivery startup Drizzly. For one point one billion dollars points, <laughs> ballast points. One point one ballast points in their prime. I'm trying to think of like what if the B stood for ballast, what would the N be? But then I'm like, no, okay, I got nothing. Okay, uh, so Uber said uh, it had significant growth ambitions for Drizzly, which has seen rapid growth in the U.S. with its app offering on-demand delivery of wines as well as beer and spirits. If approved by regulators, the $1.1 billion deal will see Drizzly become a wholly owned subsidiary of Uber. Uh, mm. Drizzly currently operates in 1,400 U.S. cities, and the takeover highlights how the market for on-demand delivery of food and drink has helped develop or has developed in recent years, becoming increasingly competitive. Lockdown I, I give, restrictions. Sorry. I give it about. I give it about. Uh, 
one to two years, and it's not a wholly owned subsidiary. It's yeah, it's yeah. Uber Drinks. I easily yes. If they don't rename something, something's wrong. Have you checked to see if those URLs are available? Mm, Beat them to it. I have not. Yeah. Uh, that you know, I don't want to know how much that costs though. <laughs> Uh, lockdown restrictions have also led to more people ordering wine online to drink at home in the past 12 months. Shocking. Uh, wherever you want to go and whatever you need to get, our goal at Uber is to make people's lives a little bit easier. Someone does have that link. Ah. Sorry. Hmm. Uh, that's why we've been branching into new categories like groceries, prescriptions, and now alcohol. I didn't know the prescription thing. Uh, he'd, uh, so they said by bringing Drizzly into the Uber family, we can accelerate that trajectory by exposing Drizzly to the Uber audience and expanding its geographic presence into our global footprint in the years ahead, which is a good point. If Drizzly is only yeah, available but... in so many areas right now. Oh, go um, ahead. Yeah. Finish. Uh, yeah. And I was just going to say like Uber, it, it's, it's kind of like when not big beer, but like some other larger beer buys a, a, a smaller guy to be like, well, distribution. Yay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, see what he's like into Uber's larger footprints. Like aren't, isn't Uber like monsters? <laughs> is, is that's not a footprint you want? They used to be. Um, if they improved, well, I haven't heard in a while. Often. I mean, cause the one got, one dude got super in trouble and okay. <laughs> like, no, that's years ago. Yeah. That's um, what I'm talking about. Like, I got, look for years. My brain has gotten Uber is the bad, like Uber is the bad Uber, guys. There. Uber is bad. Yes. Uh, I, I think it's a lot has changed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, I've definitely used Uber eats recently. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, and we hadn't, I hadn't heard of Drizzly until recently, but it's also like, well, if you live in Kentucky, <laughs> alcohol delivery isn't really a thing. I so, will say um, I've been seeing ads for them because Facebook knows too much yeah. about me. But it's From odd, the right? little I post. <laughs> it's odd that they're, you're getting the ads because it's like, they should, we be, can't they should be able it. to see that you're in, your IP is in Kentucky Yeah, and uh, you can't use the service. Uh, look, what? Where my IP is is between me and my VPN. Oh yeah, yeah, because you got that deal with Shh. Anyway, uh, so I am totally watching Netflix in the right country. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they're they're talking about um, the the whole deal and how how it's going to work basically. But Uber anticipate said it anticipated more than ninety percent of the one point one billion would consist of shares of Uber common stock with the remaining balance to be paid in cash. Um, wow. Okay. I, so, uh, and then they're, they're maintaining how somehow, somehow feel like that's a bad deal. I don't know yeah. why they, like they and they bad. keep maintaining that Drizzly is going to have its own separate app still. And this whole, this actually reminds me because Uber also recently got um, Postmates and Postmates mm. still has its separate app. And it's still like considered a, a separate entity, but it's still a an Uber. I don't know Uber company. However you want to word that now. Yeah, an Uber company. Yeah, I guess. Like, God, that said, just but, sounds yeah. very Nietzschean and terrifying. Yeah. An Uber company. A little bit. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I if this does help Drizzly a little bit, as like whenever we can get alcohol delivered, I'm not going to be sad about this. It, uh, it it's I, certain. It certainly helps the people who made Drizzly and own it. Yeah, I mean, they're not sad either. I don't like <laughs> the thought of alcohol delivery because I want to peruse. 
Well, I'm just like, it, you know, we, we don't know what's with the state of things. I, it's yeah. like, I don't trust do. an app that tells me the stock of things because a lot of times I've looked on people's websites or things. Oh, this is on the shelf now. I go, oh, is it really? I'd make <laughs> an hour and a half trip to said store, walk in and go, where is this? Your website says you have it. They go, oh, that's an allocated item. I said, I know. That's why I'm here because it says you have it. <laughs> and they go, oh, well, it's wrong. And then it's like, well, why don't you fix it? Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, well. Um, speaking of things that have been fixed. Uh, yeah. Uh, in light of the Myanmar coup, beer giant Kieran is pulled out of its partnership. Uh, company has a joint venture with Myanmar Economic Holdings, which is overseen by Commander-in-Chief Senior, uh, Senior General Ming Ong Hang, Hang, I am very sorry. Uh, Just skip the, <laughs> skip the names. Yeah. <laughs> On Monday, he led a military coup which seized control of the government. Which, uh, he, as we had to point out, you can watch uh, the video on YouTube of the beginnings of this through some woman doing yoga. Uh, aerobics. Aerobics. Whatever. She's like in uh, front of the gates doing her aerobics, and then you see stuff go down. <laughs> in a statement on Friday, Kieran says it was deeply concerned by the recent actions of the uh, military of Myanmar. Not before this, but now. Uh, Kieran is one of the biggest brewing companies in the world, uh, owning brands like Kieran and Tuhi's, uh, Tuhi's, whatever. Uh, major stake in the San Miguel and a number of craft uh, beer brew, uh, beers brewed in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, Japanese drinks, uh, ja- the Japanese drinks, uh, drinks conglomerate, or the, nope, never mind. I was trying to re- re- reverse the words like I was about to. I was like, nope, that just gets worse. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, the Japanese drinks conglomerate also owns just half, uh, over half of both Myanmar Brewery and Mandalay Brewery, which sounds like George Costanza's brewery. <laughs> That'd be Vandalay, but you see where I'm yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, in partnership with the Myanmar Economic Holdings, or uh, Meh. <laughs> Meh. Meh. Uh, we decided to invest in Myanmar in 2015, believing that through business, we could contribute positively to the people and the economy of a country as it entered an important period of democrat- uh, democratization, Kieran said in a statement to the BBC. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Is that what you were doing? Given the current circumstances, we have no option but to terminate our current joint venture par- partnership in Myanmar Holding uh, Myanmar Economic Holdings Public Company Limited. We are taking steps as a matter of urgency to put this termination into effect. Uh, the UN uh, investigation uncovered a mess linked to its military and uh, yeah. me- and senior general that guy uh, Meh. Uh, has a significant portfolio across many industries, including banking, tourism, real estate, transportation, gyms, and metals. Oh boy, that you know that sounds yeah kind of terrifying. Honestly, uh, that that's the building blocks of Cobra right there. Um, tourism too. Tourism too was a key part of building Cobra. Uh, <laughs> uh, in 2008, the UN mission investigated atrocities against the. Uh, Rohingya people in Myanmar and said doing business with meh posed a high risk of contributing to human rights violations. Meh. 
I mean, that's what Kieran said about <laughs> about at human t- rights violations. At the time, yeah, they were like, Mwah. just it's hearsay. Meh. Meh. Look. Anyway, we're not trying forward. to make light of this, but we also like, we have to, sometimes you just have to get through this and be like, whoa. <laughs> it's my uh, coping defense mechanism. It really is my, it really is our coping defense. To, yeah. Uh, anyway, foreign companies that invested in Myanmar have been under pressure from human rights groups doing business in the country. A number of foreign, foreign oil and gas companies that have operations in Myanmar, along with uh, car makers and banks, all people known for very ethical treatments of people. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Anyway, activists has called for Kieran to put, uh, in particular, to put an end to its joint ventures in Myanmar even before Monday's coup, after investigations revealed partnership profited to the country's military. Uh, human rights groups, uh, Justice for Myanmar, had argued that Kieran's joint ventures helped finance Myanmar's uh, military's ongoing war crimes and crimes against humanity. Mm. Uh, on Friday, Justice for Myanmar spokesperson Yandar Meng said Kieran's bold and timely move to cut ties sent a strong message in the Myanmar military that their illegitimate brutal coup continued gen- uh, and continued genocide, war crimes, and crimes against humanity will not be to- tolerated. Tolerated. And three years I, late is bold and timely. <laughs> look again, that's uh, that's diplomatic speak for we're just we're, we're just glad you came to the party. <laughs> uh, look, no, you know, better late than never. Uh, they appreciate that Kieran has finally listened to the voices of the Myanmar people. There's a there's no emphasis on finally, but I like to imagine they put some underlines in that. <laughs> they d- they, yeah, they definitely said that. Finally, uh, finally. Listened to the voices of the Myanmar people and made the right decision by cutting ties. From now, we would now call Kieran to encourage other companies to follow suit. Uh, the human rights group is calling on international communities to impose targeted sanctions on Myanmar's military business. Uh, after Monday's coup, uh, U.S. President Joe Biden threatened to reinstate sanctions against Myanmar, along with U.S., uh, United Nations, and the U.K. And the EU have also condemned the military takeover. Um, I mean. Uh, on a purely, purely selfish level, upon hearing this, my brain went, I could finally have New Belgium again. Um, See, so that all the headlines yeah. were like, oh, you can finally drink New Belgium again. And I remember when this started, I was like uttering it under my breath when they sold. And oh, yeah. So no. It's like, oh, yeah. The, and yeah, I don't know if it got edited out of episodes or whatever. <sighs> but that. <sighs> I want to say that it's just like the founders thing. I want to be like, oh, I was taking a stand. It's like, no, actually, I've just not even thought about these breweries in years. <laughs> I mean, like, there's also there's just too much, too much other stuff happening. There's newer, hipper, hotter things happening, and like I mean, local stuff that I'm getting more into. That's and true, I just, but I have been, I have, I have not gotten to have beer mashed potatoes in a while. So <laughs> now I can, I can use Fat Tire for its buttery potato making goodness without so, any form of you know guilt you can uh, enjoy some new belgium again depending on what your objection was was mm. your objection to the you know kieran thing or is it the fact that they sold out if you're just mad because they sold out yeah you can continue shunning them but if it was because they were directly sales of uh new belgium were directly profiting genocide that one. then you can enjoy <laughs> one again uh, I would say, yeah, it wasn't the, them selling out necessarily because, uh, you know, they were employee-owned. Those employees got paid. It goes to in, retirement blood, funds. 
Well, true. And in blood money. But, you know. They will get paid upon retirement. Lot of Some of those senior, like, what's his name? The dude who gave us the tour will get lots and lots of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I it, again, I'm glad they've done it. It's shocking it took a coup to do it. But you know what? Again, Better late glad we're never. here. We're... <laughs> And technically, New Belgium isn't the one making policies there. It's Kieran that's doing it, but, you know, you got to send the message to Kieran, and things have to get cut. But, guys, I want to make some beer mashed potatoes, like, so bad. A lot of articles, uh, headlines that I was seeing were saying that, you know, actually people, like, stateside, not buying New Belgium, like the sales dip they saw after everything is one of the contributing factors to this. So, like, Kieran was able to look and go, oh, crap. Yeah. The, the world the knows way, about this and refuses to buy the product of the company we just shelled out billions for. I feel like Myanmar has just had a really, really bad break for the last century or so. <laughs> it's like uh, you could look at Vietnam like, wow, they've just had a bad century. <laughs> or longer. <laughs> We You're just like, man, I feel like day. nothing's going right. Uh, you know who else is probably thinking that? Uh, some uh, Spain. Spa- I said some Spanish uh, Spanish rum uh, bootleggers. By the way, the headline for this article got me so much more excited than the actual article. But then I just kind of, you know, it's like still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to have that headline, you know. Uh, yeah, so. This week in alcohol heists, Spanish authorities bust pirate rum ring sees $4.2 million in booty. We pulled this from Vine Pair, and my first thought was, they busted pirates stealing rum in Spain? This is great. Oh. But it's, yeah, then you have to be like, oh, but real life. Yeah. Straight up 1700s in here. (laughs) Yeah. Man, just like Black Bart sailing out of Spain, going, you'll never take me alive. You hear the shanties in the background. <laughs> it is the okay. I think the shanty thing's already over, actually. I'm not sure. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, Spanish Civil Guard recently dismantled a large counterfeiting ring dedicated to importing fake rum. The international operation combined teams of law enforcement working in multiple different countries around the world. Holy crap. Uh, the investigation began in February of 2019, according to the drinks business, after locating a large consignment of rum bottles in uh, Cadiz. Cadiz? Uh, authorities had the liquid analyzed and found it was fake. From there, they traced the bottles back to the Netherlands. I get, by the way, can I get a job as just someone's lab for fake alcohol? <laughs> like, let's send this down rum. to the lab. That's <laughs> nope, not, not just it. <laughs> Justin is down there drinking it. Yeah, this is fake as shit. I'll, yeah, I, I'm I, a little I, drunk though. Say, look, I'm not gonna lie. I just had to check out Ohulahan's case, <laughs> but um, no, nah, this ain't real, man. Uh, tracing back even further, the team found that the spirits were originally produced in the Dominican Republic, then bottled in Honduras. From there, they were fit with counterfeit labels produced in China. 
Jeez. and sent to Spain via tax warehouses in the Netherlands. Upon arrival, the spirits were then distributed in 10 Spanish cities, including Barcelona and Madrid. Once officers were able to locate the primary warehouse in the Netherlands, they seized 147,000 counterfeit <laughs> bottles of rum. Shortly after, Honduran authorities intercepted two more containers of fake rum worth about $605,000. So many Admiral Nelsons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> While authorities refrained from sharing specific names, the Spanish Civil Guard explained in a press release the spirits were labeled and sold as three different brands. Uh, basically, they questioned about 50 Spanish, Dutch, and Portuguese companies about the operation, while more than 20 individuals have so far been arrested. With such a sophisticated international operation, someday, rum may eventually overshadow the counterfeit whiskey world. This what is... I like to imagine is, like, these are people who were like, no, 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 you can't go whiskey. Heat's too high on whiskey. No <laughs> one's looking at rum. I so mean, the whole thing... This is a, a miniseries. It just digs it. You take the title... And then when you find out the Dutch are involved in rum counterfeiting in Spain, and you're like, no, this is getting like straight up colonial. Yeah, yeah like, the thing like is like the Dutch are getting involved again. <laughs> this is some East India Trading Company crap. Oh yeah. Uh, well, it, also like as soon as I I heard like they were produced in the in the Dominican Republic, then they were bottled in Honduras. Now it, you know what? Never mind. I'm pretty sure I could have tasted if these things were fake. I could have been their lab. No, that thing's been in a boat for like six months. Get that? Is this kind of like just, I'm impressed they... with how elaborate everything. Like I'm telling you, like this is a movie. Is this is that like where they would take the financial crimes people, like the guys who get caught, and then put them in charge of financial crimes with the FBI? Mm. So you're just like, well, like you just have an office that's it's just a room with a desk and some shot glasses. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, you're oh, just in man. there like drunk. Ab- you'd be you'd be drunk Abignail. <laughs> uh, catch me if you can reference that's timely it's pretty easy, pretty easy to catch because you can barely walk <laughs> you'll never take me alive tom hanks I'm, my name's not tom hanks you'll never take me i want to i want that version of catch me if you can where he's just plastered the whole time like staggering through hallways and throwing up it's oh, all man. basically because... it's all basically the Quaalude scene from Wolf of Wall Street with well, DiCaprio. I see. What I was about to say was like, man, all of a sudden you, you said like, yeah, just one of like plastered, but it's catch me if you can. He faked being a doctor for a while. That's that's horrific. Hmm. In fairness, it was also horrific with a sober person faking being a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, you know what's not horrific? I hope. Uh, some uh, some ice cream. Some ice cream. Some, I need to order right now. Some <laughs> rice cream. Uh, you scream. Rice cream. Hurts. We are all drunk on rice cream. Yeah. Uh, whiskey <laughs> and ice cream might not seem like the most natural pairing, but Whistle Pig is vying to change all of that. The noted Vermont distillery has joined forces with state neighbors Ben and Jerry's to create a new ice cream flavor called Whiskey Biz. <laughs> the distillery describes the spiked ice cream as, you heard that right, spiked ice cream, mm-hmm. as over the top and the flavor profile, prile, la, 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 la. the yep. flavor profile certainly smacks, smacks of <laughs> decadence. 
Ah, uh, yeah, that whiskey smacks. That's my favorite breakfast cereal. <laughs> my brain was trying to get the the, the smacks the, the John Oliver thing. No, the oh the, the frog guy. Yeah, the yeah. actual cereal, like the logo <laughs> thing, the smack smack. Some, I can't remember it. It's been forty years since that was relevant. The brown butter bourbon base is jam-packed with chunks of blonde brownies and then topped with white chocolate ganache and fudge pieces. Whistlepig's award-winning piggyback rye is cooked into the caramel swirls that run throughout the ice cream. You had me a brown butter, and it just got better from there. The six-year-old <laughs> piggyback rye was one of uh, the late, great Dave Pickerel's final creations. The master distiller, known as the Johnny Appleseed of whiskey, <laughs> died of heart failure in November 2018, but left behind an incredible legacy, including 96.56 proof rye. The flavorful expression packs cinnamon, black peppercorn, and grapefruit zest on the nose mm-hmm. uh, with notes of dark chocolate. That's all going to vanish in the ice cream. Uh, mm-hmm. The whiskey ice cream is one of seven new flavors in Ben & Jerry's new topped line. As the moniker implies, all of the ice creams are topped with a semi-soft layer of ganache. Uh, the six remaining flavors run the gamut from chocolate caramel cookie dough and PB over the top to thick mint and tiramisu. Oh, my God. Since both Ben & Jerry's and Whistlepig hail from Green Mountain State, the collab was a natural fit. We're lucky to have incredibly innovative neighbors like Ben & Jerry's who love to collaborate as much as we do. Remember when they did the New Belgium mm-hmm. collaboration? That, that wasn't bad. Because I liked it because it went both ways because they did the the beer ice cream yeah, and yeah. then they did an ice cream flavored ice cream beer. beer. That ice cream flavored beer was pretty good. Right. Yeah, I like, remember enjoying it. Both were uh, just fine. All right. And I remember I remember you guys not enjoying uh, some thick and liquid from the beer floats. Uh, yeah, because yeah, that, that shouldn't be a thing that you do, and yet uh, we did it anyway. <laughs> that's the subtitle of the show. Uh, you, <laughs> shouldn't you know have what been a thing we did, but uh, we, <laughs> we, I we mean, did it. You want to know what else uh, shouldn't have been a thing we did, but we did it anyway? Dr- drunk birds? <laughs> it's like Drunk birds in Texas. Where are we going? <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Let's go. All right. Well, flocks of, uh, turns out, the snowbirds drink more than pina coladas. Uh, flocks of cedar wax wings are returning to Texas and getting drunk on fermented berries. Uh, in Fort Worth, flocks have been acting, quote, drunken and disorderly, end quote, according uh-huh. to the drinks business. This is not my pun I'm about to read. Many are getting buzzed and flying into windows, but so far, it's no harm, no foul. No foul. Oh, <sighs> I mean, I guess you had to go there, really. No, you didn't. You could have shown some restraint. I wouldn't have done that. Could have shown some writing integrity. Uh, anyway. Not about a story about drunk birds. <laughs> no, this could have been someone's James Joyce in a story about <laughs> drunk bird. Uh, Ulysses is what I was trying to get to. Gosh. Shut up, this beer is strong. Uh, <laughs> the other tagline. <laughs> Uh, Rachel Richter, a Texas Department of Parks and Wildlife uh, urban wildlife biologist, there's a title, uh, explained that the cedar waxwings predominantly eat berries, even those that are past their prime. Getting that caveman drunk, mm. those aged berries become fermented. The birds tend to overindulge and wind up intoxicated. Don't we all, birds? 
Who can fault the birds for such an activity? No one. That's Luckily, wax wings have larger livers and can handle ethanol. Uh, and won't suffer, won't suffer any long-term effects from consuming the berries. Well, we had issues with uh, uh, a story a while back about, like, drunk seagulls, yeah. like, some years back. So, like, these these probably a little bit sturdier. Uh, experts suspect that more sightings uh, have been reported in 2000. Uh, uh, expect that uh, more sightings have been reported in 2021 because more people are working from home where you can easily spot the drunk birds swerving and smashing into windows. <laughs> oh, I, I feel bad for them, and yet like, it's just funny. It's just making me think of uh, that old episode of The Simpsons where Homer's trying to get fat. And they do like a grease test, and it's like if you can rub your yeah. food on the oh. sheet of paper and you can see through it, it's fine to eat. And, it's... you know, Homer's eating a burger at the Krusty Bird's like, oh, no, it's got lettuce on it. And Bart's like, let's find out if it works. And he puts it to the wall, and he just, like, wipes the <laughs> burger on the wall, and you see straight through it. Yeah. And they start eating, and a bird just flies right into it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, uh, in the early 2000s, entire flocks of cedar waxwings flew <laughs> to walls throughout Los Angeles, the city looking more and more like a certain horror movie. Scientists launched an investigation, eventually linked the crashing birds into alcohol found in uh, pepper fruit. As it turns out, when the uh, fruit on the pepper trees uh, around the city ripened, the birds couldn't help but gorge themselves. Now, similar <laughs> patterns happening in Texas, and the waxwings are probably just syncing up with the fruit from another tree. Or just celebrating the end of dry January. <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. That really and is a great ending to this episode. <laughs> it really is. It really brings it back up from where we started. <laughs> yep. Start in uh, sexism and genocide, end with drunk birds hitting walls and windows. That's, oh, that's the beginning of 2021, kids. <laughs> you thought it was going to be better. Nah, my money was on hell of a lot worse. Uh, all right, well, on that note, we'd like to remind everyone this is our news-only show, but we also do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And we will see you again in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> So I almost shouted very loudly, I found more beer. Because...